redo this. We're gonna redo this. We're gonna redo this. They oh, know. I lost it. I looked over. I can't deal with this. Welcome to Fluent Grace, a podcast for students about speaking the gospel into the everyday, ordinary stuff of life. You've got questions, we've got answers. Or at least we will search the scriptures and see how the gospel of grace should inform a response to the questions you have. We love Jesus and we love students, and we hope students will grow to love Jesus more as they encounter Jesus' amazing love for them. Our music for the show is Felix Culpa by Keen's Kaleidoscope. Welcome in to Fluent Grace Podcast, episode number 19. One nine. Johnny That's right. U episode. That's right. Uh, we are one episode away from number 20. Uh, which, for all you haters out there who thought we were going to be one and done, take that. We are not going to quit anytime soon, so... We're fast on our way to that 5,000 goal. That's right. We are uh, 19 closer than when we started. And you know what they say, the first 19 the hardest. <laughs> that, everyone, is Preston Glisson. <laughs> Welcome into the Fluent Grace Podcast. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. You better believe it. Uh, Preston is the new and improved version of Tyler today, because <laughs> Tyler is not here. Uh, That's a big statement. I don't know if I can live up to that. Now the audience is, their imagination's running wild with like the type of person. I, mean, I don't even know Tyler. Man. It is. It is. Preston has never met Tyler. Uh, I guess the only way that you have ever come into contact with him is via the podcast. Mm-hmm. You have heard him on here before. Uh, so we'll leave everybody to their own imagination as to what is going to happen over the next 40 minutes. And once we get to the end, Preston will either affirm or deny what it was your imagination just told you he was going to be like. <laughs> so anyway, stick around for the next few minutes and uh, you get to enjoy the wonder of Preston Glisson. So glad to have you with us. Uh, looking forward to a fun little episode here. Uh, we're going to get around to talking through uh, verses in Scripture that have been taken out of context. Uh, if we're honest, just about any verse in the whole Bible from Genesis to Revelation could qualify for that. Uh, obviously, we don't have time to go through all of those in our 45-minute episode, but we're going to hit, I don't know, a handful of them uh, and talk through that. Uh, before we get there, though, we'll play a fun little game. Cue um, the cool game music. No, 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 no. What does the no, 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 no. game music sound like? Uh, it's been a long time since we played it, so I actually <laughs> have no idea. It's like a, It's got a cool little, um, almost like a sci-fi battle action like epic fight scene kind of music. Yeah, and that's what you can hear right now. So here's what's going to happen. Uh, I have a number of stories here that I printed off that are uh, from the great state of Mississippi. These were actually printed in their newspapers and such. I also have a list of stories here from The Onion, a satire website that has 0% fact. 
Uh, so your goal is to determine which of these stories are true to Mississippi and which are from the onion. Got it. I'm up for the challenge. Easy enough, right? Uh, we do love Mississippi, and so that is why we are dedicating the next 15 minutes to promoting them <laughs> as best we can. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, headline number one. Okay, I will insert the state name of Mississippi in all of these stories just so they sound like uh, they should be from Mississippi. They're not all, though. All right, here we go. First story. Uh, Mississippi's internet speed is the second slowest in the U.S., only beating Alaska. Is that true, or is that from the onion? Y'all can go ahead and write those down on your little sheets of paper you got in front of you, and then once you have those... We'll figure out who's right. Colin, what you got over there? Um, I went with onion because, you know, you got like wide open Montana, Idaho, Wyoming states. I feel like they got some slow internet. Yeah. Preston? I'm just, I think this is true. I don't really know why it would be true. But I'm just going to go with it. I think, yeah, the onion's a very funny website. Uh, and there's not really anything funny about slow internet. It's just kind of <laughs> aggravating. So I think it's, I think this is a true headline from Mississippi. Speaking of Mississippi, though, did you actually write down the full word? I did, actually. Did you spell it right? I don't know. Check me on this. I put M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I. That's how I learned how to spell it when I was like seven. It yeah. rolls off the tongue. It's true, it does. M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I. And it takes you about four minutes to say it all. So That took me about three seconds. I don't know about you, bro. I can say it pretty stinking fast. I was just trying to like give you an accurate depiction of how a Mississippian would spell it. How old four, do you think they have to be when, when they're required to spell the state correctly? Coming into kid- kindergarten, where are you from? Uh, I mean, you can probably start pretty young. There's only four letters involved, and there's just repeats <laughs> after that. Uh, all that to say, Preston, you're right. That story Let's is go. a headline Aww. from the Mississippi Clarion Ledger, published June 18th of this year. So wow. Mississippi does, in fact, have the slowest internet speed, beating only Alaska. The other five, if y'all are interested, uh, the third slowest is Idaho, fourth slowest is Montana, and fifth is Maine. Those are all like out in the middle of nowhere states except Mississippi. Mississippi, <laughs> y'all get your act together. <laughs> yeah. All right, here we go. Question number two. Preston's up. One, two, zero. Or one, two, nothing. Whatever. All right, here we go. Headline number two. Mississippi's State Park Service releases detailed guide on what visitors should do upon encountering a squirrel. (laughs) Squirrel! (laughs) Is that Mississippi or is that the onion? I think that's definitely Mississippi. Colin's going Mississippi. Preston? I would, I would agree. I, I feel like that's something that they would be really interested in over there. <laughs> that is actually the onion. Oh. No way. Yeah, it is. Uh, oh, I, you know, the only thing I can think of is if, you know, not even squirrels want to hang out in Mississippi. So. <laughs> We're out of here. You know, yeah. Uh, they are currently all residing on the campus of the University of Alabama. Uh, Facts. Yeah. They're everywhere. It's like three squirrels per person on that campus. I think so. Somebody told me one time, again, I don't know if this is factual or not. Maybe this is from The Onion. But if you catch a squirrel on campus, uh, they'll pay for your college. I'm going to catch a squirrel. Well, yeah, see y'all later. <laughs> I'm out of here. How about that? $30,000 Do you have to squirrel. catch it or can you, like, shoot it? Because I know a lot of country boys that would be happy to shoot 
That's yeah, I'm going to go with I feel like it would have to be catch. See, that's a lot trickier. Yeah. That's a different – because if you got a bunch of folks just shooting squirrels on a college campus, then you start getting PETA involved. And yes. uh, yeah. then you're not paying anybody anything. So I'm going to go with catch and release. Still, if I mean, think about it as an investment to spend. If I spend the next month training, <laughs> I'm working on hand-eye coordination. I'm yes. working on tree climbing. I'm working on even speaking a little bit of their language. That's a $30,000 squirrel we're talking it is. about. It is. Man. So it's like you got paid $30,000 for that one month of work. Yeah, that's a great payday, right? We'll do some research. We'll figure out if that's true or not, because <laughs> if so, I got a, I got a busy rest of my summer training for this. That's right. Oh, all right. So we have, uh, that was an onion story. So Preston is two? One. one. I said that was Mississippi. Oh, you said Mississippi. All right, Preston one, Colin zero. Here we go. Story number three. <laughs> I'm going to change this up on y'all a little bit. Mysterious bowls of mashed potatoes are popping up in this Mississippi neighborhood. What? Is that Mississippi or is that the I'm exactly 50-50 right now. <laughs> <laughs> Mysterious bowls of mashed potatoes are popping up in this Mississippi neighborhood. Preston, what you got? I've got... I'd love to know more about this before I guess. Is it mysterious that they're popping up? Like, are they popping up in mysterious ways, or are the mashed potatoes themselves mysterious? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I can know that. I'm just going to go with the safe bet. Say Mississippi is stranger than fiction. We're going Mississippi. <laughs> I think this is true. This sounds like a great storybook rhyme or something that somebody came up with. I'm going to go with the onion. <laughs> <laughs> that, my friends was an article written by a Mr. Steve Frank, April 12th, 2019, on CBS News. No that is a true story. way. Here we go. What's I'll read going the, on here? Yeah. <laughs> I'll read the first paragraph here. Bowls of mashed potatoes are mysteriously popping up in the oddest of places in a neighborhood in Jackson, Mississippi, leaving residents bewildered. We don't know if someone is just playing a prank or if someone had a lot of leftovers, said Jordan Lewis when she found mashed potatoes left on her car. On her car? Uh, it says later on, uh, this, this person said that she wasn't alone. They found it on mailboxes and on cars. Are they in bowls or plates, or are they, is someone just walking around no, ladling is, them out? No, this, <laughs> this, is, this is some teenage kids who uh, ran out of uh, money to buy, buy eggs to throw at stuff. So they're like, hey, let's use mashed my potatoes. mom's leftover mashed potatoes. <laughs> Can't you get like a box of instant mashed potatoes for like a dollar at oh, yeah. the Dollar Tree or something? Uh -huh. There you go. Classic Mississippi yeah. food. Cheaper than eggs. There you go. Uh, Mississippi it is. So uh, Preston got that one right, didn't you? So did. that is two to one. Two to zero. Two Colin's zip. still not even on the board. <laughs> Colin right. loves to get answers wrong. I think that's my new goal in life. <laughs> Somebody's got to. Right? Somebody's got to win this game. Somebody's always got to win. All right, wrong. here we go. Uh, next headline. Mississippi area man always thought he'd squander his life differently. <laughs> Mississippi area man always thought he'd squander his life differently. Is that Mississippi or is that the onion? I'm going to go with the onion just because I don't think anybody in Mississippi could spell squander. <laughs> I'm also going to go with onion. It does sound like an interesting kind of maybe long-form think piece, but... It definitely doesn't sound like something that you would find just on a news 
website or something like that. You are both correct. That is the onion. Uh, I'm glad he didn't squander his life away. Yeah. You know, I'd hate for somebody to actually do that. Uh, The number of folks that... Well, anyway, moving on. Speaking of squandering their life away, uh, next headline. Entitled Burger King employee wants $15 an hour just for dealing with the worst of America every day. (laughs) Shout out Burger King here. So, man, it's not even... It doesn't even talk about Mississippi. You're just hearing the worst of America and inferring that this is an article. Automatically think Mississippi. Yep. Yep. I got friends in Mississippi, man. Mississippi's the best of America. I don't care what they say. My great grandmother lives in Mississippi, actually. So, would you say she's the worst of America, Tim? Uh, no, but she just lives there. Does That's she have right. extra mashed potatoes? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> uh, my grandparents also live there, so Shoot. they are also not the worst of Mississippi. Yeah. All but right, anyway, I'm, yeah, I'm saying that's onion as well. All right, Colin, what do you think? I'll go Mississippi. That is the onion. <laughs> uh, Mississippians are not the worst of America. We don't think. Uh, I will read this next story, though. Is this the onion or is this Mississippi? Uh, Mississippi mayor says he will personally pay for criminals to leave town. Mississippi mayor will personally pay for criminals to leave town. Is that Mississippi or is that the onion? Colin? Sounds like something that would happen in Mississippi. I agree. I think that's I think that's true. Clarksdale Mayor Chuck Espy said Monday that if lawbreakers don't think they can turn their life around, he will pay for them to move elsewhere. That is Mississippi. Woo! The Associated Press published that article. May twenty first of this year. <laughs> Man, it's a big it's a big claim. That is. That is. Can you imagine? Like, you got somebody that, I don't know, robbed a bank, okay, made off with thousands of dollars, and so you say, here, I'll give you an extra thousand just to get out of here. How low is that? Town ain't big enough for the two of us. See, what I would do, I would wait until I was moving anyway, and then just start, like, loitering a lot, or doing, like, a harmless crime. Jaywalking? Yeah, I would jaywalk, I would loiter, I would log into Disney.com without checking with my parents. (laughs) And he would pay me, and I'd be like, well, joke's on y'all. I'm out of here anyway. There you go. Grab me a bowl of mashed potatoes. I'm moving to Montana getting some better internet connection. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. Um, all right, last story here. What's the score here? Preston, how many you got? I think it's like 3-1. I, I think I have three or four. Three or four? I, I got one, no doubt. Hopefully listeners are keeping score at home. <laughs> That's right. Uh, playing along with us. Yeah, let us know. All right, here we go. Last headline. In this Mississippi town, thieves are stealing the wheels off of patrol cars. In this Mississippi town, thieves are stealing the wheels off of patrol cars. Hmm. Is that Mississippi or is that the onion? Sounds like something that would happen in Mississippi. I would I would have to agree. I'm going to go with Colin has said that for every single story <laughs> we've read. <laughs> If you look at his sheet, it all says Mississippi. <laughs> uh, you both go Mississippi on that one? Yeah. You're both correct. Woo! Uh, that happened in Jackson, Mississippi, uh, April of this year. I kind of so. think it's all connected. You know, it might be. taking the wheels off these patrol cars. The mayor says, you know what? Get out of here. They're probably taking the wheels off because there's all these mashed potatoes on them. 
and they're feeding them to the squirrels. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Loop in it's those bait squirrels. to catch them. That's step three in the 12-step process of how to encounter squirrels is feed them. Yeah. There you go. That has been the very first version of Mississippi or the Onion. <laughs> Tune in next time to hear us do it all over again. Well done, Preston. You you come in here day one and slaughter the competition. I had all faith in you. Thanks, man. <laughs>
when you think about that word, you have to realize what's surrounding that particular verse. And I think it, uh, verse 12, uh, so Philippians 4.12 says, I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. So what that's what I see in that verse is just the fact that through anything, the highs, the lows, the mountaintops, the valleys, the humbleness that has to abide within us as Christians. Am I saying that we can't do a lot of things in this life? No, that's that's not what I'm saying, um, because we we are called to live to that high standard and do the works of uh, the Lord, you know, but we have to do it out of total humbleness. I think so often we can focus on the I can do all things part um, and less on the through him who strengthens me. So we start almost picturing and listing off things that we can do. I can, I don't know, like in a sports context, I can do all things who strengthens me. That doesn't mean you like you will or that you should. Um, the focus is more on, like Colin was saying, like I've, I've been in all these situations, Paul is saying, um, and I still am content because I've relied on the Lord and he's been my sustenance and he's never left my side. And because of that, like what do I have to fear? Because he's right there strengthening me. So if you have that in your Instagram bio, man, keep that up there. Like that's awesome. That's truth that people need to hear. But maybe instead of Philippians 4.13, you could put Philippians 4.12 and 13 because I don't know. Just because you got that in your bio doesn't mean you're making varsity. might be time to kind of contextualize the verse. <laughs> yeah. Let's throw in a little reality here. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Reality check. Yeah, I think, and probably this can be said with most of these verses, um, but we try to make Scripture about us. Mm-hmm. And Scripture is not about us. It's about Jesus. And this verse is a great example of that, right? We try to see how can I take this verse and use it to put a Christian spin on something that I'm currently participating in. Uh, something that, you know, the world may say, hey, you can never do this. Well, the Bible says I can, so I'm going to do it. Um, you can apply it to sports analogies like we have. You can apply that to um, education. You can apply that to, um, you know, uh, somebody you're going to date and want to marry or the, the car that you want to buy or you know, neighborhood you want to live in. You can literally apply this to anything. And when we do it from a self-serving way or in a self-serving way, um, kind of as Colin was talking about, uh, without humility, um, then we are taking that way out of context. Mm -hmm. We're making it about us, and we're not making it about Jesus, which is who it's about. Um, The fact that that Paul's talking here to the Philippian church about being content is huge. Mm -hmm. Uh we try to take this and make it uh, apply to our situations to elevate ourselves in some way. Um, Paul wasn't using it in that regard. He mm-hmm. was saying, if I'm elevated, great, it's because of Christ. Mm-hmm. If I've been brought down, okay, it's because of Christ. And it's through him that I can survive being mm-hmm. brought down. Or it's through him that I can succeed in you know, having uh, this elevated status or whatever it is. So uh, that's a big one, mm-hmm. big one, top of the list. Yeah, I think with all the letters specifically that Paul writes, I think we they are very applicable to everyday life for us. They're very practical, but at the same time, like you were saying, they were written to like the Philippian church and the church at 
Thessalonica and the church at Corinth and all these places, they were not written to the American church directly. Can we learn from them? Absolutely. Like, I think the Lord speaks through that every day. But I think you really do have to zoom out a lot and you can't just look at like the little tweetable verses by themselves. You have to figure like this. He's talking to a church that was going through specific issues and had specific members and specific experiences where this made sense. Um, And so we can't really just blindly accept that, oh, well, any verse in the Bible automatically and literally applies to anyone at any point in any situation. Yep. So. Yep. True. All right, that's one. Let's move on. Let's go to another one. Um, what you got next? I don't know. What do you want to talk about, Colin? What's your verse? Uh, one I picked out was uh, Matthew six thirty three. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Classic prosperity gospel preacher verse right here, along the lines of getting all your wild wondrous dreams of whatever those wild and wondrous dreams are i would love a private jet yes so if you it's do all these in things life. in the lord you'll get that that's what a lot of people say sweet that's what a lot of people say so taking that out of context how do people take that out of context i mean i know i do that all the time um especially when i was a kid i know there's verses like this all throughout scripture um where like if you if you do this how we view it in our human perspectives if you do this then god will give you this or he'll answer it in this way there's the prayer uh when jesus is saying you know anything you ask for in my name will be given to you and you know 11 year old preston was like oh sweet found like the password so i'd be like in jesus's name can i get a million dollars or in jesus's name can i get like some cool stuff um yeah and i just think that that we can make it so transactional almost where it's, it's more about, again, our side of things It's more about, okay, what can we get? Um, I know for me, like I was looking at Psalm 37, four coming into this. uh, And I think it has a lot of the same themes as, as that Matthew verse where it says, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I think we can take that and just be like, okay, sweet. Like if I do this, he'll give me what I want. And it's like, I'm giving him what he wants. So he gives me what I want. Um, but he doesn't just, he doesn't just give us what we want. If, if we're good enough or if we love him enough, or if we delight in him enough, I think it's more about the transformation aspect where it's like, as we're delighting in the Lord, our desires change. Right. So like for me, like being completely honest, like something that I, like a desire of my heart is to be married and have a family one day. Like that is something I want. That is something I feel like I could honor the Lord through. And so at times I can read passages like this and be like, okay, well, if I delight myself in the Lord, like he wants me to have this and he'll give it to me. Um, but I think what this verse and verses like it and like the verse you're talking about, Colin, Matthew six thirty three, um, I think what it's saying is, I think as we grow closer to the Lord and dwell more in him and walk with him, um, our desires change to where we're less focused on ourselves and we're more focused on God. I want to see your kingdom come here on earth and I want your name to be made great. And what this verse is saying is like, if you delight yourself in the Lord and you remind yourself of that constantly, he's going to give you those desires because your desires are becoming more like his desires. And you know, you may end up getting, you know, cool stuff. You may end up getting married or whatever it is, but that's not the point anymore. The point is now, 
his heart and his desires as we align more and more with him. And I think one of the dangers of taking these out of context is all you got to do is look at somebody who's not following Christ and seems to be getting all the things that they want, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot of worldly folks that don't care anything about Jesus that are extremely wealthy and seem to have great success and seem to be in the coolest relationships and whatever it is, you know, fill in the blank. Um, so if, if we're taking these verses out of context like that and equating uh, all these great things as being available only if we, you know, do the magic thing or say the magic words, then we're going to look at those folks sometimes and say, well, you know, God must be pleased with them, and uh, that's not always the case. So mm-hmm. I think it's important in, in both of these verses, the Matthew passage and Psalms, the first part of the verse is the important part. Uh, again, we like to take the end of it and say, you know, I'm going to get this stuff, or all these things are going to be added to me. And But like Preston was saying, the important part is delighting in the Lord and seeking first His kingdom. If you seek first, first means above all else, mm-hmm. right? Before anything else. If you are truly seeking God's kingdom before anything else, I mean, we don't have... Our desires are going to change. There's no question about it. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I will guarantee that. Um, but making the kingdom of God our first desire is a big statement. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, totally. Something that I don't know if any of us are ever going to be able to truly achieve. Yeah, totally. Second and even third what they've said. Um, so whatever I would throw in on this would just y'all would be it would be a repeat so i would like to give y'all a little bit of uh context for uh the verse in matthew it actually comes at the very end of jesus's um infamous sermon on the mount uh it's actually chapter six is kind of the part two part of it and this chapter is great if y'all haven't read it i encourage y'all to go read matthew Mm -hmm. six it talks about giving to the needy talks about prayer how we're supposed to prayer how we're supposed to pray uh, the lord's prayer is in there it talks about fasting and how healthy that is uh, talks about storing up your treasures in heaven it talks about worry um, those of y'all that might deal with stress or worry go read that part um, and then digging in deeper in verse 31 it says what shall we eat what shall we drink what shall we wear and so all these things that will be given to us in this particular context is actually just stuff to eat, stuff to drink, and stuff to wear. <laughs> so the things we, we need to survive. Exactly. Yeah. So, again, don't get too crazy on your, uh, on your how many nice Nike shoes do I have or how many stories high is my house when, when you do have the basics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ultimately this passage is about anxiety and it's about, I think the verse saying, you know, all these things will be added to you is him saying, look, if you're seeking my kingdom and you're chasing after me, like I'll take care of it. Like don't worry about surviving. Don't worry about the clothes you're going to wear. Like I, tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Um, just trust in me, seek first the kingdom and I got this. And I think one of the things that we need to do as we're taking Scripture in context is uh, what are other verses that um, can be accurately applied um, and read along with this passage? 
So if you read verse 34, it says, Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Uh, think about Philippians chapter 4, I think it is, uh, verses 6 and 7. It says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, with prayer and supplication, let your request be made known to God. Uh, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Again, this is very similar in that uh, it's easy to take that verse and say, Well, I'm just to be thankful for everything, and then I'm supposed to ask God for whatever I want, and uh, then connecting it back here to Matthew, then he's going to give it to me. Again, that's not what it's saying at all. Um, the end result of us giving that over to the Lord, as stated in Philippians, is that his peace will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Uh, what is peace? It's, uh, it's his Holy Spirit uh, walking with us through whatever the situation is, um, and letting us know that he's with us and it's ultimately going to be okay and for his good uh, for our good and for his glory um, not just so we can get a lot of stuff so uh, as we're contextualizing some of these passages uh, we need to look at the verses around it but also we need to see what do uh, other passages in scripture say uh, also related to that how do you guys practically do that like, I'm thinking if there's a student listening to this who's like, yeah, that's great and all, like hearing what scripture is not, but like how, like what are some tips or practical steps that you can do? Like now, after hearing this, when you read your Bible, make sure to do this. I think for me, um, a big thing is just don't grab one verse. Read. I mean, I love to sit down and read a couple chapters entire books kind of thing um just because you know to use a uh a, to use a good mark sherrill who's my dad reference here you know you don't sit down at a mexican restaurant and just eat the chips and salsa you're going to get the whole meal so you're going to want to read that entire chapter and you know if you got to take a break whatever come back to that exact same point and keep going mm -hmm. Uh, to get the full benefit because it, obviously the writer didn't stop right there. Obviously the writer didn't just put that one verse in that entire book. The writer put that entire chapter, that entire book in there for a reason. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I think that's a big thing is is um, trying to read the whole thing. Yeah, it takes time, but for me I've, seen, I've found it to be extremely beneficial. And by the writer there uh – Yes, there was a human writer, but they did so at inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So um, that's the ultimate reason that we can um, have confidence uh, in the Scriptures uh, because we believe that it is given by the Holy Spirit. Uh, I totally agree with, with what Colin said there. I get the Bible Gateway uh, verse of the day on a fancy little app. So if you have a smartphone, grab that app or any other app that has, you know, verse of the day type deals. Um, and those are good when you don't have a whole lot of time. Uh, but what I like to do a lot of times is to take whatever that verse is, and there's a little um, button you can push that says view verse in context. And so what it does, it just gives you the context of that verse. Um, I think that's a really cool feature that I know Bible Gateway has. I'm sure all the other Bible reading apps have it as well. Um, so that's, you know, something that's very practical uh, that can be done to Colin's point there. Um, I also think, you know, if you want to go a little deeper into this, um, 
spend some time cross-referencing verses, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So we just mentioned this idea about uh, anxiety in Matthew chapter 34 and connected it with Philippians. All you got to do is is find a good, uh, I mean, you can do this using the cross-reference in the back of your Bible, or you can Google it. I mean, it, hey, we live in the internet world. Use mm-hmm. the thing, right? Um, so, you know, you can just type in, hey, verses dealing with anxiety, and you can see what the whole of Scripture says about anxiety. And then with each one of those, you can either take them individually, or you can then do what we just talked about, uh, then read the context of each of those verses. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can make it as uh, in-depth as you want to, Obviously, that depends some on the time that you have available, and that's fine. You know, we're not saying that you've got to cross-reference 100 verses and read 100 chapters just to figure out what one verse, you know, means and how to apply it. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, uh, the more we are able to see the whole of Scripture, the better able we are to um, read it in its proper context. So that is, what, what was that? Uh, Matthew six thirty three, uh, Psalms 37, 4. Let's look at another one that I think is towards the top of the list in terms of most taken out of context. And this is the one that gets me riled up on the regular. Oh, boy. I'm yeah. ready. Whew. Matthew, buckle up, everyone. That's right. Buckle it up. Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. Oh, good one there. Uh, we are literally one verse down from... Matthew six thirty four. So uh, it says this: "Judge not, that ye be not judged." That sounds like a classic. Uh, yes, and it's like what typically happens is um, the folks that use that verse, generally speaking, have done something they know are is not probably the right thing to do, but in order to justify it. With Scripture, they throw this verse out there and say, hey, don't judge me um, because the Bible says to. Um. <laughs> I, w- I would like to make two points on this verse. Please do. Two of them. One, the first one being that a couple of verses later is arguably my favorite verse in the whole Bible where it says, why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? That's, you know, just thinking about that practically gets me every time. (laughs) So my second point that I would like to make here is an extremely practical point, not to get any more spiritual than you can on this. The practical thing is, and you probably heard your mother say this to you a couple of times, God gave you two ears and one mouth. So we should listen twice as much as we talk. Have y'all heard that? I have not. You have not? That's good stuff. No. I have to contact your mother. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) So in this situation where we're judged not that you not be judged, the judging I would expect 99% of the time to be coming from a a verbal judge. Um, If you don't verbalize the judging then there's there's no problem there Uh, i think so many times in life we 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 don't send those uh those thought processes in our brain through a filter uh so there's colin's uh encouragement of the day work on your brain filter on what comes out of your mouth (laughs) 
Yeah, if we all just, you know, filtered what we said a little bit more, I think a lot of this stuff would be taken care of. Um, you know, when people use this, uh, even taking it out of context is still true. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, it's still a true statement, no matter if you're using it correctly or not. Uh, yes, Scripture says we're not to judge. Um, folks also use uh, a statement. They say, only God can judge me. Well, technically, yes, that is correct. Um, but let's, again, if we're going to properly contextualize some of this stuff, um, let's not make this passage about us, and let's make it about Jesus. Um, let's recognize that Jesus sets a standard for us to follow, mm-hmm. and that standard is perfection. He says, to be perfect as I am perfect. Okay, reality check here. None of us are going to be able to attain that uh, that standard. Without Christ, we can't do it. Um, so we are going to do things that are worthy of judgment. Period. I mean, that's just a fact. Um, it also says here, though, and this is the part that kind of gets me uh, frustrated when folks use this out of context. <laughs> uh further on in the same passage let's see i think it's verse 20 yeah verse 20 uh, jesus is talking about a tree and its fruit verse 20 says uh, therefore you will recognize them um, by their fruits and he's talking about false prophets uh, there's a difference between judging someone and um, recognizing that they're not following christ like they should or that there is a um you know, a measure of disobedience happening or whatever, right? There's an awareness that we must all have uh, of what's going on around us. And that's what Jesus is saying here. You know, you're going to be able to recognize them by their fruits, whether it's good fruit or bad fruit. We're going to be able to see if someone is following Jesus, and you have to be able to recognize that. But folks like to say, hey, don't recognize my sin because God says don't judge me. Well, a lot of times it's we're not judging, we're just recognizing, right? <laughs> I mean, you went out and robbed a bank. I'm not judging you for it, but I did see the news story. <laughs> uh, so, and then you also have, here's a story that's connected to this. Jesus, um, the woman caught in adultery, right? Mm-hmm. So this is the classic story that people use in association with this. They say, hey, Jesus didn't judge the lady that was caught in adultery. He just let her go. Well, that's true, but what did he tell her? He go said, and sin no more. He said, go mm-hmm. and sin no more. So um, he didn't judge her for it, but he did give her uh, a statement there that says, mm-hmm. hey, here's how you need to be living. So that's that's one of my big problems with it. Hey, yes, that's true. We don't need to be judging people, but at the same time, there's a standard we have to live up to. Um, and without Christ, we can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, should I judge someone else when they screw up? Absolutely not. Uh, if they're a fellow follower of Christ, though, can I hold him accountable for it? Absolutely. I think what I hear you saying is this verse is true, but we all too often see it used as an excuse for bad behavior. Um, and yeah, I uh, just every time I hear Matthew 7, 1, I'm reminded of Romans 2, 1, where it says, therefore, you have no excuse, oh man, every one of you who judges. From passing judgment on another, you condemn yourself because you, the judge, practice the very same things. So I just imagine the Lord watching us condemning each other when to him we all are 
of the same stuff. We all sin. We're all children of wrath. Now we've been redeemed, but I think, um, I think there is a, a big issue of judgment in the church, especially to people outside of the church. Um, but like you're saying, I think while there is, we need to tell people, uh, we need to um, be bold in proclaiming the, the stuff like Jesus was saying, go and sin no more. I think what's important is that his love came first, right? And he, he showed her, hey, this is, this is how powerful my love is. This is how much I'm willing to stand up for you. This is how much I'm willing to face in order to kind of be on your side. Um, now, since you've seen my love, like let that love transform you and go and sin no more. I think we have expectations that unbelievers should live up to the same moral codes that we should. I don't know why they would do that if they don't believe what we believe. So we shouldn't expect behavior to come first. We should accept people. Uh, and then once, you know, the Holy Spirit is working in their lives, that's when it's saying, okay, that you call them to a higher standard, you know, definitely get the log out of your own eye. But at a certain point, you do need to start calling out people that, uh, you know, are claiming to be Christians and not living up to it. So I don't know. It's a, it's a complicated idea, but if you have any complaints, just remember you can email Tim at <laughs> gmail.com. <laughs> yeah. Or you can text Tyler. As we <laughs> Light <laughs> him up. Number. That's right. Yeah. What is, what are those digits? There? <laughs> like we said, with all these verses, we tend to make these too much about us and less about Christ and his work in our life. Um, the fact is that all of us have fallen short of God's standard. Mm-hmm. We've all sinned. We are all at the exact same level. I don't mm-hmm. care who you are. If you are, um, you know, a pastor somewhere, if you are a student somewhere, if you are Saddam Hussein somewhere, right? I, we're all at the same level, mm-hmm. and we've all fallen short. We've sinned. Uh, we don't live up to God's standard. Um, that's why Jesus came. Mm-hmm. Um, to allow us to get out of that mess. Again, Romans 3, uh, Ephesians 2 paints a picture of who we are without Christ. Uh, Jesus came so that we can all be set free from those things. Um, and then, yes, only Jesus can judge us, um, but we do have a responsibility to live as he has commanded and instructed us to live. Absolutely. So that's Matthew 7, one. Good stuff. Yeah, buddy. What else? Y'all got anything else? Any other verses y'all want to throw out there? No, I think I'm good. <laughs> I have no idea how long this is This is because, again, we're using this uh, garage band, and it's using numbers that are in the thousands, and I know we have not been <laughs> wow. going that long. It's a lot. Yeah, We might get to episode 5,000 on this episode. <laughs> That's Time true. Time flies when you're taking verses out of context. <laughs> <laughs> or trying to put them back in, yeah. right? 31,000. 102 verses in the Bible. 31,000. Yep. So if you read a verse a day, (laughs) how long would it take you in terms of years Hmm. to get to the end of Scripture? 85 years. (laughs) Don't read a verse a day. (laughs) You're allowed to read more than one verse. You know, if you read two verses, you'll cut that in half. 45 years. (laughs) Or 42 and a half years, yeah. whatever it is. Oh, I think that's all we got. Preston, you got anything else you want to throw in, uh, throw out any more? I would just say, yeah, just just be careful. I think uh, it's really important for us to be well-versed in Scripture um, because, you know, it's been said anyone with, you know, a seminary degree can make the Bible say whatever they want it to say. 
um, I can take any stance on any issue and defend it with scripture right now. So it's important to get the bigger picture and to read all of it and not just the parts that are cool and not just the parts that you like, but really inspecting it and reading to understand and to listen and not just to see and check off the list. Because the Lord is speaking through through all of this. And when we only get a little piece of it, it's really dangerous because we miss the bigger picture. So yep. let me give you a four example real quick, kind of a humorous one. In Proverbs <laughs> somewhere, I'm not sure where, it says, uh, the twisting of the nose bringeth blood. Facts. <laughs> yeah, fact. <laughs> so what I could do then is I could take that verse and I could go around wringing folks' nose and say, well, it's in Scripture. Must yeah, be okay. checkmate, atheists. <laughs> That's right. That's right. The Bible proved true. <laughs> there you go, right? Uh, don't do that. That's not good. Uh, that's not going to make much of Jesus if you go around smashing people's nose and making them bleed. Man, so, uh, that's helpful. <laughs> right. We try to be, you know, every now and then. So. <laughs> on that note. <laughs> on that note, Colin, wrap us up. All right. Time for your Guinness World Record update of the week. Um, you know, it's, it's July. It's hot. Makes me think about going to the beach. Hey, I'm going to the beach next week. Oh, envious. <sighs> Feeling envious towards you right now. Yeah. Come I'm on. stuck in a classroom, but <laughs> thinking about the beach, they uh, just set a new world record for the tallest sandcastle. Who is they? The they, beach. <laughs> 12. The, the beach sc- built its own sculpt- sandcastle. Squ- t- t- 12 sculptors from around Russia, Poland, Hungary, Germany, Holland, Man, and Latvia. This is a squad effort. All came together That's and awesome. said, you know what? We're going to break the world record for the tallest sand castle. This thing. Hold on, hold on. Tim, how tall do you think this is? Yeah, that's good. Is it height it's that was going by? Okay. Feet. Tallest ever. It had no was, structurally. Yeah, it's anything pure else sand. Straight sand. No water was used in the no sand. No water. Just sand, no wood, anything to help support it. Oh my gosh! Uh, twenty-two feet. See, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go lower than that, because no water. The tallest I've made without water, it's like, <laughs> like a couple a inches. <laughs> yeah, it, it can't get very high when it's all grainy. That's just my sand castle is just a pile of sand. I'm gonna go thirteen feet. Y'all were both uh, not even halfway there. What? This thing came in at 57 feet, 11 inches high. How How big was this base? It was pretty big. I got some pictures. We'll put it up on the socials. Uh, There's literally, there's like 12 guys crawling on this thing. Whoever said that the mountains and beach never met? (laughs) Yep. There we go. exactly right. Mount Sandcastle. Still going to build my house on the rock. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) Tune in next time for Verses Taken Out of Context. (laughs) Part two. (laughs) Very nice. Where was this done at? Did I miss that? It was done in Germany in the town B-I-N-Z. Benz? Benz. Like beautiful this time of year <laughs> i summer there yeah or i have summered there before. regularly <laughs> yeah. i actually stay at a 57 uh, foot tall sandcastle that's right took them three and a half weeks to build it too i imagine there's gotta be a bunch of strategy involved i'd be i wouldn't have the patience for that uh-uh 
Does no, it okay? Like, does it all look the same, or is it like are there cool designs and stuff with it? Oh my gosh! So what I'm looking at right now is like an intricate. It looks like the Walt Disney World's Walt Disney World, the Disney World's uh, like Cinderella's castle. I was thinking, okay, they're going for the record. They're not going for style points. You know what I mean? Like they're just gonna they're build just like the most basic like four corners and like connect it. But this is amazing yeah you guys gotta look at this i mean we can't have me just sit here and talk about a picture <laughs> that you can't see for very long this is bad bad radio uh, you know, like i said it'll go on the socials cool man shout out almost sounded like tyler was back with all that noise all that noise <laughs> i was really afraid honestly that tim was guessing way too high because you know when you're like yo Guess how many people like came into work today and people are like, oh, was it 2,000? And you're like, no, it was 40. But like now that sounds terrible. So I, I was really I was really nervous that Tim was making the actual facts sounds less impressive. But man, they, no, were, no. they were on top of things. All right. Well, shout out Germans. Y'all know how to build your sandcastles mm-hmm. and Austrians and whatever else there it was. There was a bunch of them. Yeah. They were all around the place. That's awesome. Speaking of beaches, I did see that Mississippi had to close every one of their beaches because of too much like algae or something. What? Sounds yeah. like something that would happen in Mississippi. You know, just connecting <laughs> that back here. Getting back to where we started. <laughs> True story. True story, by the way. That was not the onion. Wow. <laughs> With that, everybody, we are done. That's a wrap for episode number 19. Sweet. Tune in next time for number 20. So we'll do something cool with that. Who knows? We may be able to get Preston and Tyler in the room together, which Mm. might be fun. That'd be sick. If y'all want to hear Preston again, hit us up on the social medias, Facebook or Instagram, and say, we want Preston back. Mm. And if he gets enough, then he might come back. If I don't get any, (laughs) you'll never hear from me again. (laughs) Y'all check out the social medias. Uh, If you got any questions you want us to address, go to the email address. Podcast at gmail.com Peace out everybody who's listening. Glad you stuck around. We're done. Gooses. We out.